If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham Podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. West Ham lost the first game of the season at home to Newcastle. Who saw that coming? A bit of a rubbish week for West Ham. The anger at the board is still there, unsurprisingly. It's still front or back page news. It's top of the agenda on lots of the biggest radio stations still, and it's very near the top of the agenda for We Are West Ham. Talks of a takeover, they do seem to pop up every time the board anger um, gets particularly vociferous but talks of a USA takeover a 350 million um, and I'm led to believe a 400 million uh, bid which was a second offer from an American consortium also been rejected by West Ham will cover little bit of transfers with a five million deal for Arsenal's Rob Holding potentially in the offing. We've got some guests this week. Daniel Cutt, sports news editor from The Sun and Big Arsenal fan will be joining us as well as Isabel Barker, sports journalist and WSL expert to talk about West Ham women. But James, I would ask how are you, but we teased it last week. We've got a very big announcement coming up tonight. I don't know how much detail you want to give away to the We Are West Ham listeners, but it's something we're really excited about. We'll be doing some good with it, and uh, it will certainly make the podcast a little bit more interesting. Yeah. All right, chaps. Um, before we get into the depression stuff, it's, uh, it's yeah, we, we've, we've partnered with Betway. We're, and, Absolutely. Um, you're going to have to listen on to find out exactly what that involves, but we're, we're really, really excited and really proud to, to partner with Betway this season. Um, and um, and yeah, it will be revealed a little bit later on. But yeah, it should be a really exciting season off the pitch, anyway, for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It gives all three of us a chance to be a little bit more competitive with each other outside. Name that game, of course. We already are Rogue Mystery Players Quiz League table last year saw James Jones take the points. The Name That Game quiz this season. There's a league table for that, and that's just getting going. But uh, yeah, the, the partnership with Betway, we'll, we'll see the three of us competing with each other and hopefully earning quite a few quid for some West Ham charities as well. Lads, I was a bit ooming and ahhing whether to ask you both how you were, especially you, James, because you made such a song and dance about um, asking me about my health, be it my tonsillitis or my bad knee, both of which I'm sure you'll be thrilled to hear have cleared up pretty well just in time for my surfing holiday next week. But uh, you sound a bit grizzly this week, mate. And, uh, you know, as, a, as not one to get involved in such finickety um, tit-for-tat exchanges with you, I'm going to say, how are you? And I'm going to listen with care to your answer. I've got man flu, mate. 
it's um <laughs> it's it's got the, it's, it's got the better of me this week um my wife my wife was unwell last week uh, and normally i brag about the fact i never get ill and um and which is normally true but now i've actually caught what, what, what she's got and um yeah i feel terrible but here i am I mean, you look great for it, mate. So uh, Thanks, I'm, mate. I'm pleased. Mm. I'm pleased to hear that you're able to muster up a bit of courage and a bit of energy to come and do the We Are West Ham podcast. Tom, as we speak, um, as always, when West Ham play on a Tuesday night, we're recording the podcast just after the final whistle, and West Ham United are through to the third round of the League Cup after we thrashed. League One, Charlton Athletic, 3-0 at the London Stadium tonight. Sebastian Haller with a brace inside the first half. And then Philippe Anderson with the icing on the cake at the uh, just 10 minutes before the end it was. Um, obviously good to see that uh, West Ham's backup players, uh, £40 million pounds, um, worth of talent for each of them just sitting on the bench, I think those goals would have cost us around £280,000 a week in wages. So that's a, a sound investment, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't knock it, mate. When you, when you put three past the league one side and you've got £105 million front three, you tend, to, you tend to be pretty happy with that. Job done for those boys. They can take their wages and be happy men. But, mate, a win's a win. We need some sum of positivity, whether that be transfer window, winning the League Cup, whatever it was. So... It's nice to get under the way for the season, get a few goals for those lads and probably a few of them you'd like to believe have done enough to show Moyes that he should probably get them in the side for Saturday. Absolutely. Well, a fairly strong start in 11. King Arthur played at left back, the up and bow winner in the middle, Ben Johnson right back, Cullen and Snodgrass at the base of midfield, Yarmolenko, Lanzini, Anderson and Haller were the attacking quartet, Darren Randolph. In goal, of course. I think it was it was one of them really. But damned if you do, and damned if you don't. But a three nil clean sheet. You've got to beat what you're up against, Jonesy. Is that? Um, you, I mean, you don't look too delighted about it, but I'm sure you're pleased deep down, are you? Oh, no, I am delighted. I think, as Tom just said, it's nice to nice to win in the cup. Doesn't matter what the opposition is, you know. We've got we've got a knack of losing to lower league opposition, and I think after what happened on Saturday, I think a lot of us were thinking. Yeah, this is going to be another early early round exit to lower league opposition. But mm-hmm. thankfully, we've come through. Um, very expensive lineup compared to Charlton's, and it's paid off this time. It's good to see Hallow on the score sheet, um, but more importantly, it's good to see Josh Cullen putting the strings in midfield and and hopefully doing enough to to force his way into first team first team action this season because it's been a long time since well since he's made a Premier League appearance. I think it's been about four years. I think so. Um, so, yeah, it'd be good to see Josh Cullen get a little bit more of a chance. And by all accounts, he, he, he gave himself um, he gave himself, well, he gave himself a good account of himself tonight. So, um, hopefully, we get to see more of him. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, round, the draw for the next round has been done already. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I think we've got Leeds United or Hull City in the next yeah. round. Am I mm-hmm. all right with that? That's it, yeah. Do we know, right. Did they play tonight? Uh, I, I believe they're... No, they played tonight. Tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. All right. So the uh, yeah, West Ham will find out. Yeah, tomorrow night. Sorry, uh, tomorrow night, quarter to eight kickoff. uh, Leeds against Hull. West Ham face the winner of those two teams after their victory against Charlton. That is good news. That is good stuff. You're only as good as your last game, I suppose. And uh, and perhaps that will give a few of West Ham's backup players 
a chance in the first team squad. But Newcastle at home on the weekend, a result I'm pretty sure everyone affiliated with West Ham United saw coming. Tom, mm. I mean, it sounds like it's going to set the tone for the podcast mm-hmm. this season, but it was pretty grim viewing, wasn't it? It's exactly that. And I think we've, we've seen West Ham lose many a time and there's manners. We, we get used to seeing West Ham lose, but the way we lost on the weekend for a first game of the season, we just so off the pace against a Newcastle side who aren't, who aren't going to really rustle any feathers at the top, top half of the Premier League this season. They're probably about the level we'd at least minimum want to be at to have any chance of survival. And they, they rumped us. Andy Carroll bullied us back four-wise. We, we couldn't get near him and Wilson. And it was just a shame. But the only solace of hope I did take is it was so early in the season. We can only get better players. We'll come into the squad. So it's not total doom and gloom. But that was pretty, pretty abject, about as bad as it could have got in the first game of the season. Jonesy, uh, our runner games in the league coming up aren't particularly friendly either. Um Anything to anything to add on what Tom said there? It just, I mean, no one within a radius of ten million miles of planet Earth, I don't think, was surprised that Callum Wilson scored, was they? No, we always knew he was going to score. Um, the thing, the thing that frustrated me was that you know we we all kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, it was equally unacceptable. Uh, the performance. <laughs> The, the performance just... Just because we predicted it doesn't make it yeah. all right. Does no, it? it doesn't make it... Just because we said, yeah, that's going to happen, doesn't mean you can actually go out and do it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like just try and surprise us once in a while, boys. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know. I just think... We, we pinpointed that over the last, what, the first seven, eight games of the season as the, as the must-win mm. game, um, which is tragic given it was our first game of the season. It was already must-win. But um, to, to put a performance in like that and to lose 2-0 at home and... The, the, the lineup, uh, the, the squad selection was strange from David Moyes. Um, it was negative. I just, I just didn't. As soon as the lineup came out, I was like, nah. Well, this. this what was wrong? With, what, what was wrong with it? I mean, well, other than the fact we played Cresswell and Fredericks. Uh, well, I mean, we've got no choice to play those two, have we really? Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, but, you know, I, I Masuaku mean, or Johnson. But I think uh, I would have had Haller instead of Antonio. Um, Antonio, I mean, we said it last week. How can you drop before. him though? Yeah, probably sack four now. Or you hook four now from the wing and put Antonio there. That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe. I, I, but I would have played four now in that 10 role um, rather mm. than that wide. He's better. He's yeah, better no, Noble. It. Um, and yeah, as much as I love him, we say every week, I probably would have dropped Noble out of that um, mm. and, and played four nows in the middle. But I mean, even with all of that, it wasn't a great performance from anyone. Declan Rice had a shocker. Um, Suchek got smacked by Andy Carroll in the first minute and that looked to have affected him. Uh, I can just imagine like half the West Ham squad looking at Suchek going, warned you about him. Told you. <laughs> Told you. Yeah, and yeah. Then he was like, who's this geezer? Yeah, yeah. You thought we were lying, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> that really hurt, him. didn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, and Andy Carroll just absolutely bullied us, didn't he? Um, and mm. should have seen that coming. Didn't. Um, I don't know why. Like, the, the club knows all about what he is as a footballer and what. Well, he does. to be fair, um, to be fair, no one's seen him training for about three years. So, <laughs> yeah, true. But I mean, like, he still he still played a couple of games, just didn't they? Um, they should have known, um, and they still allowed him to bully bully us, and that allowed Callum Wilson the freedom um, to to get in for his goal. So, so yeah, uh, unexpected, but still uh, unacceptable. 
Unexpected and unacceptable. I say no. Exact- expected, unacceptable. Sorry, expected, unacceptable. Right, right. That is the uh, that's the tone of the show that I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we started the show in that tone because start as we mean to go on. But I I take that back because we've got some as we've mentioned already. It's a it's a really positive show for We Are West Ham tonight. The uh, partnership with Betway West Ham's current shirt sponsors. I'm sure anyone who watches West Ham will know that's uh, really exciting. So stick around for that later on. A bit of housekeeping as we usually do. You will have seen if you follow us on Twitter and you'll see on your podcast platform that we are West Ham have got a new logo for the new season. I say uh, it's a new partnership with Betway, new season, a new outlook from me, Tom and James. Actually, maybe that bit we can't promise you, but a brand new logo for We Are West Ham. So keep your eye out for that. A little bit of... um, We haven't gone full West Ham United, James, have we? We're not We Are West Ham London now, are we? No, no, no. But we all live in London, so we could have done. From a marketing (laughs) Exactly, that would have been good PR. We could have got some Americans interested. And that is a topic that we will be coming on to shortly. The the West Ham have had an offer to buy the club. Two offers, I believe, from an American consortium. But before all that, uh, carry on with the housekeeping. The FPL Fantasy Premier League code is lowercase C-N-Y-6, lowercase O-U. Uh, hundreds of you signed up already in excess of 300 I believe I am leading after week one captain in Salah done me loads of favours but I learned from last season not to give it large to James Jones early in the season on fantasy Tom Edwards had an absolute stinker you can as last week and unfortunately sorry to anyone who there was a slight delay for our YouTube uh, video it ended up going up towards the tail end of the week but we've got that sorted now so if you want to watch us instead of listen you can uh, tap into the youtube link which is in the description to this podcast or in the pinned tweet on the we are west ham at we are underscore west ham on twitter loads to cover on the show tonight and we'll get on to the takeover so stay with us for that next You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And Newcastle, awful. Charlton, much better. 3-0 win over Charlton for West Ham tonight, which means we're through to the third round of the League Cup against either Leeds, United or Hull, who both play uh, it'll be tonight by the time you're listening to this, Wednesday night. Um, and if you're listening later in the week, you'll already know who West Ham playing the third round of the League Cup. The rumours um, have emerged this week, as we've seen before, amid all the anger towards David Gold, David Sullivan and Karen Brady. David Sullivan spoke to, or one of the owners, sorry, that we believe to be David Sullivan, spoke to Jim White of TalkSport earlier in the week, said he was uh, being hung out to dry and said every owner has their breaking point, um, but they're not ready to sell yet. However, news that you will be aware of by the time this podcast goes live is that West Ham actually rejected a second offer of £400 million uh, from an American consortium, an original £350 million bid. Uh, I think news of that emerged on Tuesday morning and uh, by the time you're listening to this it will be common knowledge that a £400 million was rejected by the club. Apparently the bid was made three weeks ago at the end of August by the group of US investors um, 
and the mysterious newcomers uh, are coming coming back in to show that they mean business about striking a deal. James, uh, three hundred and fifty or four hundred million for the club. First of all, actually, before I, before I ask you what you think about the value, what do you think about these um, reports of an American takeover? They seem to me like they come out every time the anger towards Gold Sullivan and Brady is at a particular peak. Uh, now, of course, it is after the Diangana saga and then the embarrassment at home to Newcastle on the opening day do you give it do you give it much credence or a bit cynical uh don't forget that season ticket renewals are still open they've been extended as well so there's that added cynical cynical it is then yeah yeah i mean i suppose it's not so much cynicism it's more i'm apprehensive um i I really don't want to get my hopes up uh you know we've spoken a lot about you know it's it's time for them to sell up taken as far as they can all the, all the problems with the stadium and you know the problems with what's happened this summer and, and previous summers and, and with recruitment and stuff like that and setting players and it's it, it I don't want to get my hopes up and then and then nothing come of it I, I suppose it's in a, a similar similar way that Newcastle fans must be feeling you know they got their hopes up about that supposed Saudi deal obviously that was a little bit more further down the line than this is at the moment at West Ham but it ended up ending in tears and they're still stuck with an owner that you know they don't particularly want um so yeah and my only worry as well is that you know even if it's not these guys that have come in i I worry about who they eventually sell to um they've got you know when they sold birmingham they sold to carson young who turned out to be an absolute disaster um he ended up in prison i think for for money laundering and um so yeah i just i just hope that whoever it is that buys us, whether it's the, the Americans or whatever, they're, they're, they're right for the club and they end up selling to the right people. And I'm just a little bit apprehensive about this at the moment. Yeah, uh, Tom, the mm. uh, an offer of 350 million was the original one. 400 million was the second bid, which has also been rejected according to reports that have surfaced Wednesday morning. Uh, Sullivan and Gold, they'll be hit with penalties by the government if they sell the club before 2023. It's the clause I've alluded to plenty of times in the deal that they signed uh, with the stadium. I understand that's quite a significant percentage as well. David Sullivan has insisted that he doesn't want to sell up completely for the time being, but is ready to flog a small stake in the club, believed to be around 20%. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on the overall thing and, and the valuation and you know, just how do you feel about it all? Initially, I'm quite uh, apprehensive about the whole thing. If you're like Jonesy, it's easy for them to fiddle with the press or, or to get out there a story which they want, which would obviously appease the fans or at least sort of subsidise the, the anger towards them, maybe new hope. And I just, I'm just not totally behind it. I don't see why they would sell before 2023 when they've explicitly said they wouldn't. Um, Sullivan's come out and said he wouldn't sell it. The, the bid seems like it was made a few months ago and now we're only hearing about it. It all seems a little bit to to like uh, as if it's deliberately been placed in the media sphere at the minute for it to be talked about to get rid of thinking about other things and potentially the window and everything that's going on and um so i'm not I, i'm not i'm not totally i'd love it to be true if if the owners like jonesy said were good and were, were good righteous many wanted to come in and take over a club and actually use us for their for not their best interest but for the good of the club and the people in the area and 
if it was because of that, I'd be delighted, mate. But there's either if it is, there's so far to go in that, and also I just I'm just not totally convinced that it's actually happened or it's happening as we speak now. Yeah, I, I think to be honest, uh, you know, um, uh, you've mentioned it there about twisting the the press or, or fiddle the press, anything like that. It's not obviously. It's just important to to note that they're the owners. You know, they obviously have. Um, contacts in the press as as people mm. as owners will up and down the country so speaking to journalists whether or not West Ham fans agree with Jim White's approach and it's obviously you know that he sits on the on the pro board side of things and he's been questioning West Ham fans a lot uh, but the, the 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 story I'm I'm reading at the or that I've sort of had access to that will, will emerge on Wednesday morning uh, suggests that it's come the way it's written suggests that the the, the information has come from the buyer's side uh, that again that may mm-hmm. not be true and it's it's not clear but it certainly reads reads that way it's also uh, I believe nothing to do with uh, Trip Smith who is already got a stake in the club uh, I think this this new people get that confused often um, or it would be easy to get it confused this time this new American consortium and nothing to do with Tripsworth who already owns a, uh, a small percentage of West Ham it does uh, it does seem a bit strange from my perspective that these things always come up at a time that everyone's really angry towards the club and you know it came out these bids were reportedly rejected at the end of August. So they've been in the offing for two or three weeks already. So it would be a convenient time for the the information to come out. But I think everyone seems to be taking it with a, uh, with a pinch of salt at the moment, certainly. James, is that something with the stadium, obviously? Are you saying there that you worry about who they'd sell it to? There will be those listening to this who say, "How much worse can it get?" Do you do you concur with that, or what will you say to people who might be thinking that listen to this podcast at the moment? I mean, I I, I, I get that, I, I understand that point of view, but I think it's also a case of better the devil you know. I mean, with a, a large percentage of the fan base of you know are working very very hard to to ensure that the club is sold. Um, but what we don't want is to, to uh, you know, for them to do all that hard work and and for for Golden Sullivan to to sell the club and the fans to think that the future is going to be great and finally going to get what you know we, we were promised or, or even uh, an inkling of what we were promised um, with the stadium move um, and then for it to kind of all fall apart quite quickly um, because the new owners aren't adequate or or you know they're not willing to invest or, or whatever um the the positives are that it does sound as though these guys if, if it is true um these guys are quite willing to 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 do the right thing you know there's this talk of um you know building a new stadium i read today you know they're looking at building a new stadium within 24 months and things like that purpose-built stadium you know that's sort of thing that you know fans can get behind um I don't think we, we we as a fan base uh, are calling out for a Man City style takeover where we become you know world beaters. It'd be nice. Yeah, right though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's not what we're calling for. We don't, you know, we're not necessarily going. Please, someone buy us so we can start winning Premier Leagues. We just want, you know, we just want a bit of stability. We we don't. We want just to, want to come twelve. We want <laughs> yeah. to come twelve. Um, Please, consistently twelve. You know, consistently reach the fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, and, and things like that, you know, and 
at the moment, that's not happening. We're always looking over our shoulders. We're going into every season worrying about relegation. We're going into every summer uh, transfer window, every January transfer window, wondering what sort of what caliber of player is going to arrive and which one of our best players is going to be sold. And um, and that's you know it, that's why a lot of fans are, are feeling the way they are at the moment. They feel completely disconnected with with the club. Um, and so see, yeah, that's why I'm apprehensive. But there does it does appear to be some 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 good news or some good little tidbits coming out of of you know these potential mm. American investors. But I still think we need to be careful about our expectations on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think judging by the uh, the West Ham Twitter sphere this week, I think people obviously would like the idea. But I think everyone is uh, sensible enough to to take it for what it is at the moment. Uh, again, obviously, if it, if it develops, people would no doubt be excited about that. But yeah, at the moment, nothing um, nothing huge to, to add, really. All we've got is, is two rejected bids at the moment with David Sullivan potentially uh, willing to sell a small percentage at the moment. We never know uh, whether or not that could change. So stay tuned uh, with us because tonight we'll be covering, we'll be having a little look at some uh, some more transfer news for West Ham. We'll have named that game. We'll have a little bit more or a proper announcement. We'll be joined by Chad Yeomans from Betway to talk about our West Ham, the We Are West Ham partnership uh, with Betway this season, which we're really excited about. Dan Cutts, sports news editor at The Sun and big Arsenal fan to do the opposition view and, of course, the we, the West Ham women segment with sports journalist and WSL expert to talk, uh, Isabel Barker, at the end. Stay with us for all of that next. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. A little bit of optimistic caution, I think, would be the best way to describe how me and the lads feel about reports of a West Ham potential takeover this week. James, one thing uh, we did put out on the amid all this, amid all this anger at Gold Sullivan and Brady, mainly for selling Grady D and Garner. One of the things uh, that has come out of it, a few people on Twitter suggested that you know maybe it is time to sell Declan Rice, get that eighty million quid for him, and use that money to reinvest in the areas of the squad that we clearly need to after that embarrassing showing against Newcastle. The wing backs, or the full backs, sorry, just absolutely dire. The defence in general, not that good, but right back and left back, certainly areas that need attention. So we put it to the We Are West Ham listeners earlier on today and we asked them, with time running out in the transfer window, would you rather cash in on Declan Rice now and see the money reinvested in key areas or keep him regardless? Now, I was a little bit surprised with the outcome. I personally have had my mind change very recently uh, and I actually voted for sell him now and reinvest because I just thought that was so desperate watching it uh, the other night. I think he's going to go anyway. What's the point of if we hold on to him and then go down this season uh, and then we have to sell him for 35 or 40 million at the end of the season when we're in the championship, do we take 80 now and go and spend 20 million on a right back and a left back uh, and then, you know, uh, a striker and a centre-half, maybe. But the We Are West Ham listeners, 83.1% saying keep him and just 
4.9% saying sell him now and reinvest. Tom, are you surprised mm. by those uh, by those results? I am, mate. And for funny enough, I'm actually going to agree with you on something. I um, yeah, I changed my mind. Was swung this week to, towards selling him after watching that game. I'm with you. We we looked 100 million pounds off uh, Newcastle side, who are pretty average and were average <laughs> for much of last year. And I think. I think it's just got to the stage now where, where you, if you're a smart business, it, I, my mind thought this week about Leicester, Chilwell, Maguire, take the money, re-improve and go again. And all Southampton for years and years and years were uh, selling their best players and kept going again and got in Europe three or four times by doing that or twice. But anyway, I think it comes a time when you've got to look at your assets and realise that we could really go down this year and Rice could be gone for 20, 30 million should the worst case scenario happen. And, it's about time that we, we reinvest in the whole squad and it doesn't look like they're going to go out and do that without getting a nudge. And I think Rice selling him and the media would be calling for it, the fans would be calling for it. There's no way that money wouldn't be reinvested. And as much as I'd hate to see our best player, one of our own go, and someone who I think it would be a desperate situation if he did go, but it's the only way that I feel like we're actually going to get out there and spend and maybe compete in the transfer market is if, if we use money from him, which is a massive, massive shame. Yeah, I, I think that's the main thing. People are a little bit nervous about how, where, and if the money would be spent if we sold Declan this summer. Um, James, Quizmaster Reese from last season, friend of the show and all-round West Ham legend at Reese WHU83 on Twitter, if anyone wants to follow him, tweeted a picture of Declan with his head in his hands uh, and in his shirt with the Newcastle players celebrating behind him from the weekend. And he said, picture that paints a thousand words. Get yourself out the club, mate, and go and play for a team and a manager that is worth it. Hashtag GSB out. That was from Reese, And I must admit, I, I was watching it and I know he didn't play particularly well, whether or not it's because his... Yeah, that, exactly. Whether or not it's because his head was all over the place or he just played for England or what. I almost felt bad just thinking, what on earth? Why are you here, mate? Like, why? What are you doing? Do you, does any of that ring true with you? And what way did you vote on the poll? Yeah, I mean, he had an absolute shock. It was the worst performance he's had in a West Ham shirt, um, or at least close to it, I think. But um, I think it's probably more down to him having played two games for England than him being sort of his head turned with a potential move. Uh, we're led to believe that, that no approach has been made uh, for him yet. I think he's going to come, isn't it? But I went for... Uh, for keeping um, purely because and, and just like some of the guys that, that some of the fans that, that, that replied to it um, there are question marks over whether they would reinvest um, that money and if they did reinvest it's uh, how well that reinvestment would be how good that reinvestment would be and I think there are question marks over whether even if they did reinvest that 70 million 60 million whatever it is um, would we get the best out of our reinvestment in key areas in the squad. And I've got my question marks over that. Um, and that that's purely on the basis that we just haven't been very good at recruitment for the last, well, decade, at least 15 years, even before they arrived, we were rubbish at, uh, reinve- uh, rubbish at recruitment. So, um, yeah, that's why I opted to keep him. And, um, yeah, let go in the summer because I think I mean as someone quite rightly said as well in the comments that we've got a better chance of staying up with him in the squad than we do without him um, that's the way I see it so 
Yeah, absolutely. I do. You mentioned the comments here. Some good ones. Uh, obviously, we love it when everyone who listens votes on the We Are West Ham Twitter polls. Love to get everyone at home and involved in the stuff that we're talking about. And uh, but as well, as well as voting in the poll, a few people like you say, Jones, you got involved in the comments. Kevin McAllister. Uh, we sell and run the risk of the owners not reinvesting the money. We keep and risk letting them go for peanuts when we're relegated. Damned if you do. Damned if you don't. Uh, the hearty, the record of good investment is very poor, so why would you change it? Rob Berry, keep him for the season, make the most of his value. You never know, he might have a good season and make him want to stay. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, like you said there, Josie, better chance of staying up. But, and then perhaps a takeover happens and the squad gets built around him to match his ambitions. Obviously, he might be worth uh, 100 grand a week contract if he has another season like last season uh, to fend off interest from other clubs. We've seen Jack Grealish sign a new contract sort of against the odds absolutely out of nowhere. So these things these things can happen. So it's uh, it's an intriguing one with Declan. Mm. And like you say, I'm sure there'll be more to come on that in the summer. Just quickly, boys, uh, I'd just like to shout out um, and give some big respect to Trevor Sinclair. He's a prominent uh, West Ham voice in the media. He's great on talk sport, not just about West Ham. His general uh, coverage on all the football stuff is brilliant. Uh, and he's, he's done what very few people um, are perhaps brave enough to do. Uh, talk sport is, is a, a station where, as you've heard, Jim White is very prominent on there. And he, it's easy to see which side his bread is buttered uh, as far as the West Ham fans and the owners go. Darren Goff coming out in the week with similar rhetoric to stuff we've all heard before, saying uh, you know what the West Ham fans want. But Trevor Sinclair coming out, and putting his neck on the line, I think a, a few tweets over the last week or so, um, saying he's not expecting a Christmas card from West Ham, but he's saying it as he sees it. And I think the most recent one was simply what a lot of fans have been thinking for a while, um, was that if, if you haven't got the money to invest in players, then why not sell it to someone who does? A, quite a simple sentiment um, and something, as I say, that many fans have been screaming for the rooftops for a while. But James, I think pretty brave move from uh, from Trevor. Yeah, brave. Um, respectable though, because... Massive uh, respect, yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't need to, to come out and sell that stuff, uh, particularly with his position in the media. To take sides like that, you know, could be quite dangerous for someone like him and obviously with his media commitments. So, um, and particularly with his choice of words as well. He's, and, you know, he's been using the hashtag. Um, and, yeah, I've got you know, massive respect for him for, for coming out and just saying it how it is and and giving West Ham fans, you know, a bit of support because, you know, as you quite rightly said, they've they've been questioned by, by the likes of Jim White and Darren Goff and I think even today, Simon Jordan sort of um, sided with West Air fans, but also gave them, um, you know, an opposite viewpoint, which a lot of West Ham fans didn't like. So fans have been, you know, having their say and then getting it back from them from the media. Um, so it's nice to have a former player um, come out and go, actually, no, but these West Ham fans deserve better. And to do it in, in a public way that he has, you know, he's, he's earned, gets a lot of respect from them. 
Yeah, and uh, he has been on air a lot, as well as on Twitter, arguing his point against uh, Jim and Simon, as I'm sure a few of you listening have heard. So respect for Trevor for that. But stay with us. We're not going to do a transfer section tonight for understandable reasons. Very few outgoings. But as Jonesy has rightly pointed out on tonight's running order, surely we can't afford to sell anyone else. One incoming, the £5 million potential loan deal in the offing for Arsenal. Central defender Rob Holding. But we've got Dan Cutts sports news editor from the sun and arsenal fan on the opposition view soon so we will talk to him about that but stay with us because coming next we've got the big betway announcement You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards, and of course, James Jones. And it's the time of the show. It's something we have been really excited about, the three of us here at We Are West Ham, for some time now. It's been in the offing for a few weeks. We teased it out last week. We, we alluded to it, but we couldn't give you any details. But I'm delighted to say, to tell us more, we are joined by Betway star, Chad Yeomans, Football expert, West Ham expert, betting expert, everything expert, certainly more expertise than uh, Tom, James and I to tell us a bit more because for this season, we are West Ham, me, James and Tom have partnered with Betway to raise a bit of money for charity. In short, we'll be doing £50 Betway uh, charity bets each week, a stake that has kindly been uh, donated to us by Betway uh, and we'll be betting for on the West Ham games a three selection bet each week so we've done the Newcastle ones last week already Arsenal coming up this weekend which we'll go into in more detail but the profits and any winnings from those bets those 50 pound bets that we've got one each so one for me Tom and James each week and any profits of those throughout the season go to a different West Ham charity Chad Thanks for joining us. Really, really excited to be working with you guys on this this season. I'll be raising money for the Bobby Moore Fund. James will be for the Dylan Tom Beadies DT38 Foundation and Tom for Isla's fight for little Isla Caton, who most West Ham fans will know. Delighted to join that you've joined us tonight. Delighted to be working with you for the season. Exciting times. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be a long season, isn't it, for West Ham? We, we all know that. I, I think we'll stay up. I think there are going to be fewer, three or four worst teams in the league. So I think whilst it will be a long, hard season, I think we'll all have something to celebrate at the end of the season. And as you say, we're going to be offering you each a £50 bet each week, a bet your way, where you create your own bet, a three-leg bet to make your own unique bet. And we'll be match, not only giving the profit away to each of your charities, which do amazing work, and we've supported ourselves at Betway before, but whatever you guys make at the end of the year will happily match that total to give to the charity as well. Oh, that's excellent stuff. Excellent. So just to, uh, to anyone who's listening, um, just to let them know, the we are West Ham fans and listeners will be able to go on to uh, the Betway website towards the end of each week and actually place a bet on, uh, on the selections that James, Tom and I make each week, won't they? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go on to the game, for instance, this weekend against Arsenal, there'll be a section on that match saying pre-built bets. Now on the Friday morning, you'll be able to see James Jones, we are West Ham podcast and his selection. Tom Edwards, we are West Ham podcast and his selection. And obviously, Will, yours as well. Um, last week, do we really want to talk about how your selections got on, guys? 
Well, I, I'm. Uh, I think I came out of it the, the with the most pride intact because all I needed was one West Ham goal and then I was quids in. But uh, these two, not so much. Yeah, uh, I mean, you- too ambitious. Too ambitious. First game this season. I think the nerves got to me. I've, I pushed the boat out and. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing that again from me anytime soon. Just remind us what the selections were, Chad. So, well, you had both teams to score over two and a half goals in the game and Callum Wilson to score anytime. Now, we all know Callum Wilson's record scoring against the Hammers. Uh, the, the less said, the better about that. And obviously, he did. Uh, so, you had one selection out of the three, correct? But as you mentioned, you only needed one goal in the game to, to, to tick the other two boxes in. Uh, James, you went for West Ham win or draw on a double chance bet, which sadly didn't come in. Neither did Jared Bowen any time. But you did get the over eight and a half corners in the game, correct? I think West Ham had eight and Newcastle had seven, so you smashed that um, selection. Tom, both teams to score. <laughs> draw. <laughs> Mikel Antonio any time. Well, you know what's going to happen next. You gave it a good shot, mate, but sadly not good enough. No, Absolutely. So, <laughs> not 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 too great for you at all, Tom. So that unfortunately uh, for us, no no money raised for the charities this week. Great news uh, from Chad there that Betway are happy to to double any money that we win. Jonesy, you'll be playing for the Dylan Tombidi's DT38 Foundation. Uh, Dylan Tombidi's obviously a young former West Ham star, tragically died after a battle with testicular cancer. Um, that's, that's who you'll be you'll be playing for this season. Yeah, no, I, I picked DT38, um, mostly because uh, a, a good friend of mine uh, had testicular cancer a few years ago and, you know, he was fortunate enough to have beaten it and he's gone on to have two kids naturally and sort of hopefully he's, o- he's over that now. Um, but I saw the, the, the struggle that he and his family went through and, you know, it was quite difficult to watch them go through that. So it's a charity that, you know, it means a lot to me. Given the given what my friend went through, and I spoke to Dylan's mum Tracy over the phone over the weekend, um, who's very very grateful that you know we've decided to raise some money for her, and she told me more about Dylan's story and stuff like that, which made me even more determined to raise some money for him. So um, yeah, hopefully I can I can do DT thirty eight proud. Absolutely, it's, a, it's exciting stuff this season, and definitely a worthwhile charity. Tom, you will be playing for Isla's Fight, and of course, most West Ham fans listening to this will be aware of Isla Caton's situation—a young girl with a, uh, a very specific and quite aggressive type of cancer. It's a it's a cause close to many West Ham fans' hearts. I was lucky enough to speak to Isla's mum, Nikki, in the last few days. She was delighted to be part of it, really thrilled uh, to be working with Betway and excited to to see how it goes for this season. It's something that um you know a cause that rings true to you, isn't it? I think Isla's uh, Isla's story is something that every West Ham fan has known about ever since we all heard. And it's something which is incredibly moving, inspirational for a man, woman, child of any age. She's going through something, a real rare form of child cancer called neuroblastoma. It's something that more people need to know about. Her fight needs backing. And us West Ham fans are incredibly passionate about her. And and she is absolutely the definition of a hero. And it's something which I'm incredibly lucky to be supporting and helping out this season. And I really hope I do earn a lot of money as much as we all can for her because it is uh, a, she's a special kid. Okay, great stuff, Tom. That's, uh, again, a, a cause close to all of our hearts. And uh, brilliant. Hope to raise some money for, for Isla's fight as well. I'll be playing for the Bobby Moore Fund, unfortunately. Um, it was a, a cause close to my heart as well. Uh, my dad 
had bowel cancer a couple of years ago, same as James with, with his friend. He was uh, successful in his, his battle against it. A bit of a tough time for my dad and all of our family. Um, some, you know, some pretty hefty operations and a, and a nasty course of chemo. But um, unlike so many others and unlike Bobby Moore, the great man, um, my dad was lucky enough to get through it and uh, live in a happy and healthy life or as happy as you can being a West Ham fan. So any money I win through Betway this season will be going towards the Bobby Moore Fund. Chad, worthy causes, I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think most charities, any charity really, the work they do is almost underappreciated across the board. And I think we're, we're delighted to support the three charities you've chosen. So it's down to you now, boys, to pick a few big price winners, get some cash on the board. And again, at the end of the season, we'll match whatever you guys have made. Absolutely. And we've, uh, we've, we've made our selections for the game against Arsenal this weekend already. So if you can just, uh, just remind us of, uh, of our picks for this week. Yeah, Will, you've had Arsenal to win. William, who was phenomenal last season in the opening game against Fulham, uh, to score any time and over two and a half goals in the game. James, you've gone for Arsenal to have the first corner of the game. Bamiyang to score any time, signed his new deal this week and over 1.5 goals in the game. And Tom, over 1.5 goals in the game. Bamiyang, first goal scorer and Arsenal to win the game. Optimism among the uh, We Are West Ham faithful. I think our desire to win some money for our chosen charities has overridden our desire or to, to actually back West Ham in, a, in an almost <laughs> impossible game to win. It sounds, uh, it's really exciting. We're really pleased to, to get going. And just to remind everyone, um, you can go on to the Betway website. Um, it'll probably, for the Arsenal game, it'll be later in the week, probably about Friday. I think, Chad, am I right in saying? Yeah, absolutely. Usually about... 24 to 48 hours before each Premier League game, we'll have those pre-built bets available in the pre-built bet section on the West Ham versus whoever game for each of the 37 remaining Premier League games this season. Exactly. So we are West Ham. Uh, we'll be tweeting out the, the confirmed odds later in the week when we get them back from Betway and then fans can go into the, the Betway website or on the app and have the back the We Are West Ham bets, uh, whichever one of us you like the sound of the most. Uh, you can back those once the odds come in. Yeah, that, and also just a reminder to everyone listening, there will be a weekly blog on the Betway Insider to showcase the three selections you guys have picked and a link to the bet itself. So if you can't find it, head to the Betway Insider and you'll find the pre-built bet section there on the We Are West Ham podcast blog. Brilliant. So you'll hear from Chad and the guys at Betway a few more times over the course of the season. But Chad, we're absolutely delighted uh, to be able to work with you on something like this. It's going to make the podcast more exciting each week because we will, of course, be producing a league table. We like a bit of competition here with the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz and now name that game. We've also got the uh, now we'll have our charity bets league table, which we will be putting together and tweeting out every week. So those of you at home can track to see which one of us is winning the most money for our chosen charity. But Chad, exciting times. Look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. We have got an easily winnable game on the weekend. Perhaps the most informed team in the Premier League at the moment. Top of the league. Uh, is Arsenal and I'm delighted to be joined once again you remember him from last season the sports news editor at the Sun and big Arsenal fan Daniel Cutts. Cutsy it's lovely to see you again thanks for joining us uh, we enjoyed it last time because all you did 
was tell me how rubbish Arsenal are. You were the only <laughs> guest we had on the podcast all season who was more miserable about their team than we are about ours. I'm sure the podcast has been really fun tonight as well. <laughs> Everything going on at West Ham as well. Uh, yeah, we're actually uh, the only uh, the only club that uh, seems to be doing all right at the minute as well. After all the doom and gloom, like everyone else seems to be really worried about their owners and really worried about everything going on behind the scenes and everything. But uh, yeah, seems like the Arsenal were on the up. Well, top of the league, three goals scored, zero conceded, a hat-trick of assists for new signing Willian, who appears to have hit the ground running and uh, seems to have justified his move already. I, it was only Fulham, but I, uh, yeah. I, are you sort of, are you, are you trying to, are you staying a bit sort of, don't want to jump in with two feet, but knowing you <laughs> as I do, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you won't be <laughs> proclaiming you're going to win the league. I, I worry for Fulham badly, to be honest with you. They looked awful. But uh, we we were very good, actually, up on, on Saturday. We, uh, like, William started well. We'll see how long that goes on. Um, we've obviously got the Aubameyang contract today, which is great news for us. Um, it's the first time we actually go into a home game at the start of the season where we look like... Because I've been to many home games where the start of the season, there's all this all this Ferrar and all this like hype and things like that. And then we lost 2-0 at home to, to Villa and things like that. But we go into a home game and we look like we're in a, on the good path. Like we've got a really good manager. We've got the contract signed uh, for Aubameyang. We've got Willian in and he looks very good. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> looks like we're going to get a few more in. But, but Saturday looks like actually you go into that Sorry, boys, but it's a, you need to go into that. It's a very, very much winnable game. Um, West Ham looked, I thought, I thought personally, West Ham were all over the place on Saturday. Um, and yeah, mm. um, it's um, quite exciting. For, as an Arsenal fan, it's quite exciting um, with everything going on. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. With all that excitement that obviously is going on at Arsenal, Arteta looks to be like one of the next great managers or one of the next of the next generation. And and of these signings, Aubameyang making the deal permanent now for another three years, sorry, making yeah. his contract. What is the actual expectations that Arsenal fans are having? Because last year Arteta seemed to get a bit of leeway when he was drawing games at home and obviously betting in. But now what is the realistic expectations for Arsenal fans? I think you can go massively over the top after Saturday. Um, and say top, we have to get top four or we can ping for the title and all that. Mm. I think I think pushing for top four and then betting, like getting the youngsters in. We've still got a really quite young squad. Like Aubameyang is uh, 31 um, and we've got like, and we signed a bit of experience, but we still got Gabriel who, I don't know if you saw the, the game on Saturday, but yeah, he played did, very yeah. well. Uh, and yeah, like a really good Promising youngster, Salabar, who's got to come into the squad as well. Like, they're trying to bed in these young players as well. It's, it's quite promising for them, uh, but you can go too far. It was Fulham. Like, don't, no disrespect to Fulham at all. Like, they've just come up from the championship. and Disrespect them if you want. We don't care. They had their chances on Saturday, and especially in the first half, I thought. Um, and it could have been a totally different game if they'd taken a couple. But I thought Arsenal played very well. 
it's very early. We'll see how it goes, but top four is where they should be aiming at. They won a, uh, Arteta won the FA Cup, obviously, at the end of last season and the Community Shield. Beat Liverpool, blah, blah, blah. It could go, like you say, you could go massively over the top with everything, but top four is where they should be aiming at and I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility at all. I mm. really don't. I really don't. I, I think like Chelsea and United have massively improved. Liverpool obviously going to be... You don't overturn 35, 40 points for nothing. No. Uh, City are way above us, just elite, mm. elite players and elite club. But there's a chance that we, uh, yeah, we, we mm. get into that top four and that's where they should be aiming at this year. Mm. One thing I noticed um, that stood out to me, uh, I think it was last week, that Arteta's been promoted from head coach to, to manager. And I yeah. saw loads of Arsenal fans on Twitter going, that's great news, that's fantastic. And I was like, is that, is that a thing? Do, do managers get, <laughs> do managers get yeah. promoted? Like, I, 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 I never knew it was a thing. And suddenly all these Arsenal fans are like, oh, I'm really happy for Arteta, it's great stuff. And I'm like, well, but what does it mean? It was good. It was good PR, obviously, because yeah. it sounded like you say it sounds better than it is. But I think it's more to do with the structure of the club. They would when Wenger left, they were trying to go to the director of football route and do all that type of thing. That obviously changed, and um, a lot. The mass. There's been a massive restructure at Arsenal this this year, um, and I think. He's um, now got a lot more say in transfers. He's got a lot more say in a lot of the part, parts of the club that he didn't beforehand. And it looks really good from the outside. Obviously, like you say, it's a bit of a PR move, really. He he had those that, that say really beforehand. Like they, He wouldn't have left Man City where I genuinely think at the end of that contract, uh, when if, if Pep leaves at the end of the summer... I genuinely think that they were planning to replace him with Arteta. He looked like the the guy that they were the bedding in there. Mm. But I, I think it was more of a PR move. You give him that job title, you give him a pay increase, you give him all of those things and a bit of a um a a bit more say on transfers, a bit more say upstairs. It looks better than it actually is, but yeah, it was one of those. Talking about transfers, Rob Holding, obviously one of your own, has been linked with quite an expensive loan move with us today. And firstly, yeah. what, what do you make of him as a player and what were your thoughts about him potentially actually leaving into us? I, I mean, he's been excellent. I, I know for a fact he was someone who they were a bit worried about. They didn't really know how good he was. Mm. But since Arteta has come in, he has been excellent. Honestly, he, like the FA Cup final and Carabao Cup, uh, sorry, the Community Shield. And uh, on Saturday, he was brilliant again. He has been, like, since Arteta has come in, he he likes dealing with young players, it seems. Like, Arteta mm. is someone who um, enjoys working with those players. He enjoys working with young players. He's only... 22 or whatever yeah something like that he like he's a very very young player and he's very talented i can't personally see him going like stepping out i not, i knew not newcastle, even alone. i knew newcastle were close newcastle were very close to signing him mm. and they had second thoughts about that and i know obviously the the links to west ham and everything that's um we, that we've written about today but i 
I can't see it. I personally can't see it. I don't think. What? I think there's other players that they'd rather get rid of. Mustafi and Socrates at centre half, rather than uh, rather than get, Rob Holding. Give us an out of ten then, Cutsy, for Rob Holding coming to West Ham. <laughs> What's the chances? Oh God, <laughs> you need him. I'd love <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say like a four out, of 10. and that's not sure. that's not denying. Uh, what we've, I, I think West Ham are interested. Definitely, we're definitely interested. They, they could do with a centre half, very, mm. very much. But um, I think we'd probably take, we'd probably take Mustafi. To be fair, <laughs> I know it sounds <laughs> stupid. I know uh, Arsenal fans aren't keen on him, but what we've mm. got at the moment isn't too much better. <laughs> Cutsy, with uh, I'm not enjoying um, this season's chat with you as much as last season because you were despairing. You seem far full of far too much <laughs> yeah. joy for my liking this year. But looking ahead to the game on Saturday, I think we're all um, decided we've got our new segment coming up next where me and the lads will discuss our charity bets that we've got coming up for the game. Having seen them already, I know that we're not too excited about the prospect of playing Arsenal. What are your thoughts going into the game? You said it's winnable already, but how do you see it playing out? I just think we'll be too strong for you, especially up front, looking at the way you defend. I think... Andy Carroll bullied you, I thought, on Saturday. Um, I and, that, and they've all been training with him for the last four years. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And they know him better than anyone. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see them handling handling our front three at all. Um, I think we'll be far too strong for you, boys. Um, you, can't, you can't look past the man of Bomian, can you? Like, he is, like, in my opinion, he's the best striker in the league. Um, and yeah, he, the first goal scorer there, and I think a three nil Arsenal win is the your best bet there. Your best I think, bet. I think you. Uh, I don't think you'll be a million miles off there. Cutsy, we looked pretty blunt going forward as well. But we uh, appreciate you coming on again. As I say, I'm no not worries. quite as uh, it's not quite as comfortable with the, all the <laughs> blind optimism in well, your yeah, in your face compared say. to last season, <laughs> but. I think I, I think I said that West Ham would win at the end of last year. <laughs> yeah, you did, yeah. So and, I hope uh, it, yeah. hopefully a bit of reverse uh, psychology yeah, yeah. works this yeah, season. Yeah. You said we'd win, and uh, you thrashed us. So if you're going for an Arsenal win this week, let's hope West Ham can uh, get a few points. But stick with us because that was Daniel Cut, sports news editor from the Sun and big time Arsenal fan. But stick with us because we've got the quiz, name that game, and the West Ham women segment coming up. Next. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And that was Dan Cutt, sports news editor from The Sun and big Arsenal fan. A lot more upbeat speaking to us this year than he was last season. Arsenal with a thumping 3-0 win at Fulham. And I don't think any of us lot would be surprised if the same thing happened again this weekend when West Ham travelled to Arsenal. However, enough of all that. One competition that will keep you all engaged for all of the season, along with the Betway charity bets that we announced earlier, is of course Name That Game, the quiz that everyone wants to be a part of. We started, refreshed the league table uh, last week, and it was good news for James Jones uh, 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 wiped the floor, I believe, last week, didn't you, with me? 3-1. Yeah, um, yeah, no change there, really, is there? 
<laughs> I, like, I like the four of you quite a lot, don't I? Yeah. Exactly. Beat me at the uh, Mystery Players quiz last season. Already beat me 3-1 this season on Name That Game. But it's my turn to be quiz master this week. So James Jones and Tom Edwards in the chair. Tom was quiz master last week, so he's got zero points. A quick reminder for those of you at home on how the quiz works. It's a game, a nostalgic game from West Ham days past. And the pieces of information or the facts about the game that the boys need to get are an obscure fact the scoreline only one opposition goal scorer one West Ham goal scorer at the stadium the opponent and the season in which the game was played me as the quiz master I'll start giving those facts and as soon as the boys want to jump in and guess the rest of the information they can it's one point for each correct piece of information about the game that each of the lads get so without any further ado let's get straight into it and I'm going to go with this obscure piece of information about this game was West Ham's goalkeeper was sent off just eight minutes into the second half. Robert Green. Oh. Uh, I need the second piece of information from you, Tom, which is the scoreline if you want to start guessing now. But remember, if you guess, then it goes straight to Jonesy afterwards. Okay. Four two. Uh, that so, is uh, incorrect, Jonesy. You get to, to have a stab at the scoreline. Four one. It was four one. Oh. That is correct, James Jones. That throws to you again, Tom. So I need one opposition goal scorer, if any, from you, James. Um, opposition goal scorer. I'm just gonna throw it out there and say Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam is incorrect, so it throws to Tom Edwards for an opposition goal scorer. Matt Phillips. That is also incorrect, so we move on to the next piece of information. The one of the West Ham goal scorers was James Tompkins. Still nothing. Need me so, to yeah, go on to the I, next I one? I think. Another one. Ja- James, you're going to have a guess? I think. I'm going to have a guess at the rest, right? So, is it West Ham 4, Blackpool 1? Uh, James, I'm sorry. I need the inf- pieces of information from you in order. So, if you want to guess next. Bloomfield Road. Stadium is correct. So, now it throws to Tom for the opponent. Blackpool. Correct. James, for the season and to clinch the win... That is incorrect. Tom Edwards, it froze to you. 11-12. It is correct. Absolutely unbelievable scenes. It is West Ham United 4, Blackpool 1. Robert Green sent off after 53 minutes and Henry Lansbury going in goal for the rest of the time. Let me just do a quick recap on the scores there so James how many points have you got so far I believe you got the scoreline scoreline right scoreline Uh, neither of you got the opposition goal scorer I gave that one James got Bloomfield Road Uh, Tom got Blackpool and Tom got the opponent so we go to the tiebreaker which is the exact year the game took place of the season 
was played in 2011-2012. James, you got the first correct answer tonight, so you get to decide. Was the game played in the year 2011 or 2012? I'm going to say 2012. And that is correct. James Jones takes the win for the second week running on the tiebreaker. 3-2. A lot closer than it was last week, Jonesy, but congratulations. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, given that I, I, I gave I gave one away uh, to Tom. You've got to learn the format. Um, yeah, I got confused with the format. Um, I was just so excited that I thought I knew it, that I gave it away. But pulled it back, got the win, happy with that. Yeah, 100% record, take it. Absolutely. I was actually, it's one of my favourite games, if not the favourite game of all time, that I went to that game. Tuesday night, uh, me and a friend of mine got the coach up and uh, yeah, it was absolutely bitter. February 2012, freezing cold. And uh, yeah, I think Roman Roman Bednar, um, it was who Robert Green brought down. It was Kevin Phillips who scored Blackpool's goal. It was a freezing cold evening and it was that season where I think I only missed two away games that season anyway and uh, yeah Blackpool is the furthest away I think I've ever been anywhere let alone just for football and uh, yeah one of my favourite games Henry Lansbury was absolutely outstanding when he went in goal we seemed to get better somehow when we had 10 men and a central midfielder in goal so the scores on the doors overall now that puts James Jones on a total of six points Tom Edwards on two and me floundering at the bottom of the league with just a solitary one but Jonesy you're the quiz master next week so a chance for me and Tom to win a couple of points back but stay with us because next up we've got the West Ham women's segment with Sun Sport journalist Isabel Barker so stay with us for all of that next You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And I am delighted, as I promised earlier on and last week, that we are joined yet again by another women's football expert, Isabel Barker from The Sun, sports journalist, WSL expert, all-round football aficionado. Isabel, thank you for joining us to uh, talk about the plight of West Ham women's team. uh, We had Ella German on last week uh, talking with limited optimism about the game at the weekend. I think she predicted a 3-1 defeat and that's coming from a West Ham fan. You were at the game on Saturday, West Ham losing 9-1 in the end. Jilly Flaherty sent off in the first half. It was all looking so promising um, and then it just absolutely fell to bits. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, what, what, did you, what were your thoughts on the game, first of all? Thanks for having me, guys. Well... The thing is, it was, they were so, looking so good up until about 20 minutes in. You know, they've got a brilliant squad. The recruitment's been so good. So I think we were, we were thinking, wow, like West Ham are really giving the kind of top dogs a run for their money here. And then obviously um, Kenza Dali equalised with an amazing goal. And then Jilly got a red card. And in fairness to Jilly, like a lot of people are kind of criticizing her a bit but with women's football the officiating the the referees are part-time some of them are like working for the NHS and then come and (laughs) officiate at games like it's crazy and she basically had got a yellow and then she'd um I don't know what she said to the ref and then she got all the lines women 
and she got sent off and she shouted into the stands, FA, you need to check the refereeing in this league and stuff. So it is quite a serious issue and like obviously something that needs to be addressed. And we and I feel really bad for the side because it was it was offside and Jilly had a fair point. And then it the problems come from kind of last season kind of reared their ugly head again. Like that the problem with West Ham is that they 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 get on each other's backs on the pitch. That's what they did last season. And as soon as she was sent off, you could see that was happening again. And that's their problem. They're all really good players. And then they get on at each other on the pitch. And they're just individuals, if that makes sense. It does, then, yeah. yeah it, it was a nightmare after that. <laughs> so so for anyone anyone who wasn't uh, watching, the game was on, on TV on BT Sport the weekend. Arsenal, who, again, are... Uh, Big, big, big favourites for um, the WSL this year. Anyway, they'll certainly be in contention. Jill Rod put Arsenal 1-0 up on 23 minutes. But West Ham were well and truly in the game. If anything, Arsenal's opener was against the run of play. Like you said, Kenta Daly got the equaliser just before the half-hour mark. And it was only about six or seven minutes after that that Jilly got sent off. Again, for those who didn't see it, it was a... She'd already been booked. And I missed the first booking. I don't know if you saw... Uh, what the first yellow was for Isabel, but then yeah, there was a it was a massive offside, wasn't it, for yeah. um, for Arsenal's for, for for what led to I think it was Vivian Miedma who scored the uh, yeah. who scored Arsenal's second. It was miles offside. Anyone anyone could see it, and yeah, like you say, Jilly gave the uh, the lino a bit of a volley after yeah. that and and got a second yellow. It seemed it seemed harsh the second yellow, given that the decision was so poor anyway. Um, or the original decision to miss the offside, to then give her a volley. Do you see a bit more of that uh, referees cracking down on on that sort of abuse? Is probably a bit of a strong word, but the, you know, grief to the officials like that. Well, I think in women's football, it's kind of actually fairly new. Can you hear my dogs barking? Yeah, that's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, it adds, it adds, it adds a bit. It adds of, a flair, yeah. Adds a bit of legitimacy to the podcast, Isabel. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, in women's football, it's quite a new thing for like the benches to be really fiery, the players on the pitch. Like Emma Hayes, you know, Chelsea manager, is saying it's quite a new thing that referees are starting to deal with this. And the problem is that um, actually we don't see enough cards coming out or uh, enough of the right decisions. And because I said they are part time. And I think Emma Hayes was saying that the refs need to come to terms with the fact that this is happening now that people are getting a bit more abusive. There are fights and things like that. And I think it's only a kind of a good thing that this is happening in the women's game. It kind of intensifies the rivalries. As we saw with Jilly, you know, you want to see that. It, it makes the fan want to watch the game, but the referees have got to kind of match that now, if, if that makes sense. Isabel, given the, the quite positive summer that, that West Ham had in terms of recruitment, you know, brought in quite a lot of, very good players, a lot of international footballers as well. Um, how do they how do they bounce back from that? Because they've got, as you said, like some some big personalities in there now, and you know, no one expected that kind of result. And you said that you know it was quite characteristic of them to to crumble under so much and sort of get on top of each other's backs at, after such a big event. How do they bounce back? Because that's not the West Ham that we should be expecting to see all season, is it? Yeah, hundred percent. I think how they bounce back is the main thing, really, because. As I said, what happened last season was they were all 
they weren't getting on with each other on the pitch and that and every time I don't know if they've got a new documentary out called Squad Goals about mm. their last season and they go mad at each other it's really good to watch and Julie goes mad they're like going mad at each other and I think what they need to do now is be cohesive um and have trust in the in the strength in their squad like they have signed some amazing players I mean Kenza Darley agreed an extension, but she's played for Leon and PSG, like the best women's clubs in the world, virtually. And they've got Rachel Daly, who in England start. They just have to have faith in that and then get on on the pitch because they all get along really well with each other off the pitch. I mean, mm. I went to one of their kind of secret Santa things and the things they were buying each other. Gee, I won't repeat it on here, but they obviously have like a lot of banter. Oh, you've, lot of you've got to now. <laughs> well, um, one of the, I won't say who it was because she told me not to say, but is, is West Ham still sponsored by um, a sex toy company? <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the, own, the owners, David Gold, is, um, made his fortune with Ann Summers, didn't yeah. he? So I think he probably, knows, of, he, he probably knows someone he can ring. <laughs> it was something along those lines. I mean, if this is kind of a family-friendly podcast, I won't go on to it. But yeah, it was, a lot, it was kind of Ann Summers vibes. But they, 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 have, they get on so well off the pitch. I think they just need to really unite on the pitch and have trust in the strength in their squad, really. Isabel, with the amount of business the women's team's done this last summer and since Sullivan's sort of taken over, what is the realistic expectation for this crop of players now? A lot of internationals in there, a lot of high-quality players, but there is throughout the league. And how, how far do you think this, this group of players can actually go? Well, West Ham should mm. really be pushing for... Well, in the, in the WSL now, it's two teams that can qualify for the Champions League. I'm not sure they're quite where Chelsea and Man City are at, but they should be pushing for top four because we see these ridiculous scorelines in women's football with Bristol and things like that. And West Ham are getting a lot of investment. Like it's Jack Sullivan's baby. And they're, as I said so many times, their recruitment's amazing. So they should be pushing for fourth, fifth place. And um, I think if this season they don't get to that, get, you know, at the top end of the table, it, it could could affect them quite badly because Jack's kind of been given, you know, this season, you, you've got to show some results now from his dad. So, yeah, they, they need to push push for the top half of the table. Isabel, Ella, who we spoke to last week, um, friend of the podcast, knows her stuff about the, the women's side, said that, as you know, we've, we've established it before, with the WSL, it's a bit like the men's game where the clubs who are pouring the most money in are seeing the are seeing the results. You Ella spoke about the WSL being made up of like four three individual divisions of four teams where you've got the top four. West Ham finished last season, I think, in eighth, sort of bottom of that of that middle four. And she was saying the same thing, expecting them to push on and, and sort of finish top of that group this year. Um, Reading next week, who again will be in that sort of mid part of the table, they'll be the team, one of the teams at the end of the season who West Ham will likely to be battling against. Do you sort of agree with that that sentiment uh, that you know that for the fifth, sixth place spot should be what West Ham are targeting for? And uh, what do you think the Reading next up? Are you hopeful? Yeah, I, I I do kind of agree with that. But then again, like. It was this weekend, it was difficult to kind of stomach because we saw these nine nils, nine ones, and it was like, oh, this isn't a good advert for the women's game. But then again, Brighton drew nil nil with Man City, where and Brighton have, have kind of been in the relegation zone. So that was encouraging to see that it is still competitive. Um, and and 
then Reading lost 6-1 to Arsenal and then they beat Aston Villa with a really high score. So it does show there it is still competitive and Man City drawing was a really good sign and hopefully it isn't just restricted to those kind of chunks of the top and mid-bottom, whatever. But with Reading, the thing is they really respect their women's side. Um, they're a really good women's side. They share the men's stadium, the men's training ground. They have players like Farrah Williams, who is the most capped England player. So um, if West Ham can, you know, unite again um, on the pitch, then I think it would be a re- hopefully a really close game. But Reading are a very good women's side. Absolutely. Well, uh, Isabel, thanks very much for joining us and shining a light on the uh, a bit of a calamity for the women's side last week. I don't think anyone was really expecting them to beat Arsenal. 9-1, obviously made worse by the, the first arse red card to Gilly Flaherty. But, the, uh, but West Ham sit ninth at the moment, one point from their first two games. And uh, if they can get three from their next uh, outing at Reading, then it's not quite so grim and dire for the women. But Isabel Barker, thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers. So that was Isabel Barker, sports journalist from The Sun and WSL women's football expert, joining us to talk all things West Ham women. Hopefully it looks a bit better for the girls next time out again. It's Reading after that 9-1 thrashing at the hand. Well, that's it for tonight, lads. A action-packed show. Tried to fit everything in. A um, bit of a haphazard recording just to fit in the uh, victory over Charlton. But good news on that front. Outstanding news that we'll finally be able to announce the Betway partnership for the season, the charity bets. Just a reminder to everyone listening that you can keep track of uh, how much me and the boys have raised for our charities. I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund, Tom for Isla's Fight and James for the DT38 Foundation. You can keep up to date with the league table on our Twitter. We'll be posting the league table every week. So check in at we are underscore West Ham for that. And you can also back our bets if you go on the Betway website towards the end of the week, ahead of the weekend games, you'll be able to find the Betway uh, build your bet, bet your way section um, for the upcoming West Ham game. And if you go down, scroll down, you'll be able to find the We Are West Ham podcast bets. And uh, if you like the sound of the selections of me, James and Tom each week, you'll be able to back those yourself on the Betway website. That's exciting stuff. The Fantasy Premier League code is cny6ou all lowercase letters there are hundreds of people in excess of 300 have signed up now we know there's loads more of you who listen to the pod so fantasy premier league is your thing sign up there i'm winning at the moment which i don't think will last for too long follow us on twitter and on instagram give us a review we always like those if you can uh, write some nice words and give us a few stars five preferably if you can on your chosen podcast platform that would be great and the final bit of housekeeping subscribe to our youtube channel and the description the link to that you will be able to find in the podcast description below lads action pack show takeover Betway, a victory for West Ham, a defeat for West Ham, a drubbing for the women. Tom, any final thoughts? It's, it's just nice to sit here with the first win of the season, mate. I thought we'd be deep into November and we'd be dumped out today. So nice to get that off. Looking forward to the Premier League being back and hopefully getting on the board with something at the weekend and a bit of positivity. New signing next week and uh, looking forward to a new week of West Ham. Who knows what will happen, mate?
Absolutely. Jonesy, I hope you get better, obviously. If you manage to battle the illness, if you had any chance amongst all that, what you're, uh, you finally battled through, which we will appreciate. What are your thoughts on the show? Yeah, really good show. As, as you said before, really exciting to finally announce our partnership with Betway. And the um, new logo. And the new logo. My, my fancy Photoshop skills, boys. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been a good week from, from the podcast point of view. Uh, just hopefully, we, just not from the football team. Yeah, just hopefully <laughs> we can start sort of like transferring that into the players actually performing on the pitch. But um, yeah, we'll be here every week still moaning, uh, no doubt, and um, just under a different different look and with Betway alongside us. We all look the same, unfortunately, though, don't we? Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> that's the worst news. Yeah, yeah, you can't do anything to us with Photoshop, yeah, can you? Apologies for that. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone who's tuned in. As ever, thanks to those listening, thanks to those watching on YouTube. It's been a strange old week, but when is it not at West Ham? A victory over Charlton, defeat to Newcastle. The women got thrashed by Arsenal. We've signed up with Betway. It's action packed. There's a USA takeover potentially in the offering but no big money signings coming in or takeover bids at We Are West Ham at the moment. Keep the faith, everyone. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next week. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. Podcast Network.